and we're live. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. We're going to jump right into the sponsor area and charity area. So the first charity that we want to go on the podcast is Magic Kids. We talked a little about this last week. Magic Kids is a fantastic charity that offers support to communities or starts new communities up entirely. They're there to help programs to teach kids magic. So they'll send kits. They'll do training instructions. You can become a teacher yourself. MagicKids.org. Otherwise, you can find the link and information on our website. ThisWeekInMTG.com. This charity was started by the guys that made the Oathbreaker format, Weird Cards Charity. It's a fantastic charity. Donate your money. If you want to, become a sponsor or a teacher. MagicKids.org. Fantastic charity. And this week's sponsor, again, is Ultima Gaming. Ultima Gaming is our local Magic the Gathering game store in Perm, Minnesota. And they're hosting a big tournament. It's going to be a what they call the Mystic Championship. It's a modern $1,000 championship. So if you live in the North Dakota to St. Cloud area, please don't hesitate. Hop on our website, thisweekinmtg.com, on the bottom You'll find the Mystic Championship, give it a click, and you can sign up and buy your ticket right there. When you buy your ticket, it's $5 cheaper pre-ordering right now. Mystic Championship, again, is going to be happening this October. So buy the tickets on our website. And as a thank you to our listeners, Ultima Gaming's given us three M20 pre-release kits to give away to our listeners. So if you're listening right now, jump on your phone, jump on your computer, go to thisweekinmtg.com. On the bottom, you'll see the prize giveaway link. Give it a click. All it needs is your name, address, phone number. We won't spam you. And if you're selected, we're going to pick three winners. We will send the pack, the kit, anywhere in the United States. Free shipping. We just need your information. Sign up at the bottom. Thisweekinmtg.com. Special thank you to Ultima Gaming. Please come to the Mystic Championship 1K event. Let's kick the intro. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your host, Rob Zolson. Whoop, whoop. I always wanted that intro being a rave party. I think we nailed it. I'm just going to dance with it every time we kick open. Welcome, guys, to the podcast. This week, and hopefully every week, until you know unemployment sets in, we have Fleece the Producer with us. Fleece, how you doing? <laughs> suggesting i get paid for this i know right it'd be great if we both get paid thanks to our sponsors by the way and today we have a special guest with us dave otherwise known as wiggle shits that is his uh given name he is one member of our community we want to make this podcast for our community made by our community and it's a great way just to grab our local friends that have enjoyed magic with us to join us on the podcast to get this podcast hyped up dave introduce yourself to the audience well hi there guys um my my name's dave as rob said i also go by wiggle shits because nobody can pronounce my actual last name so it's close no it's not honestly it's <laughs> close to us so we're just gonna roll with it welcome to the podcast thanks for joining us thank you thanks, mr wiggle shits thank you mr olson I thought I was just going to go in the mic and be like, sup, bitches? But, you know, we can dream. So this podcast, we're going to change up the format a bit. Normally we start with the hot headline item to the podcast, but that is Commander 19. Right. That's got all the hype. But, you know, I'm going to save that to the end because we're going to have some fun with this. We got Dave here. He's been studying all week. 
we say studying, but it's more, I don't know. Wiggling. What? Wiggling. Wiggling. Yes. <laughs> Wiggling over it. I was going to say frothing, but oh, yeah. yours seems to be more appropriate. So we're going to save that for later. We're going to jump right in to the other news. And just to remind you, if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, this week in MTG, we're trying to aim for your aggregate source for all MTG news. If you're in much love with MTG as I am, but don't have the time to stay up on all the Twitter posts, Reddit, stay up on all the updates with Mark Rosewater. This is the place for you to get that weekly digest of what's going on in MTG. So welcome to the podcast. Let's kick it off with some finance. Not finance as in stocks, more like MTG stocks. So what we try to do is go over a segment where we find the you know ups and downs, the hot winners of the week. And this week's winner is Knucklebone Witch. Knucklebone Witch is a one-drop black goblin shaman from Lorwyn. It's 1-1. One, one. It has an ability where whenever a goblin you control is put into a graveyard, it gets a 1-1 one, one counter. So we're, looking, we're seeing cards like this and other goblin cards go up that are Rakdos colors because M20 gave us a four-drop goblin that actually helps draw more goblins out of the deck. Goblins are great for face damage, but there's no way to keep drawing for more gas. Once your hand's out, you basically scoop. So it's always been like that, at best, tier two deck in modern. So we're finally seeing some pieces. We're seeing the Goblin Dual Land go up in price. So certainly keep an eye out for that. Look through your collections. You never know what you got for some of those Goblin cards that are going up. The next piece in the list is cards like Talisman of Dominance. It's a two-drop artifact attempts for colorless mana or taps for one blue, one black, but then it hits you for one damage. So why would this card be going up in the price to a $6 range? Well, we're seeing a lot of different rocks. These are artifacts that just tap for mana. Go up in price for Commander due to a lot of every standard set that comes out. It has new Brawl cards. They're all legendary cards trying to encourage the new Brawl format, but in doing so they're making a lot of different options for commander and they need rocks and these color fixing rocks are fantastic for that so stuff like this commander sphere all these rocks are going up in price so check your collections see what you got make sure that you're not sitting on a small gold mine last but not least on the list is still everything morph just like last week thanks to the m20 not m20 the commander 2019 spoilers morph is going crazy if you have a morph card that's in modern or even before modern legacy, it's probably went through the went through the roof thanks to the cards. But we'll get into more details when we talk about the Commander 19 spoilers. Just be on the lookout for those. I also like to talk about cheap pickups if you're going to be collecting magic or looking to make a profit for a small investment. The thing that really caught my eye is Moodavault. Moodavault is now at that $12 mark. Moodavault is a land that you can pay one, it doesn't have to tap, pay one, it turns into a 2-2 creature of any type. It's a shapeshifter, essentially. That's insane. They've been using these for human decks, slivers, but going this low, especially using in pieces of tribal commanders, it's very surprising. It's uh, seeming to bottoming out, so if you're going to pick it up, pick your copy up now. M14, of course, is the cheapest print. Last on the list is Voice of Resurgence. This is a mythic that's been uh, printed a couple times. It should be from the second Ravnica block. It is now that $11, $10 price. It is one green, one white, creature elemental. 
Whenever an opponent casts a spell during your turn, or when Voice of Resurgence dies, create a green-white elemental creature token with this creature's power and toughness is equal to the number of creatures you control. So why this surprises me, why it's gone so long, just essentially held at a bottom out rate, is because the commander pieces. We're getting a new populate commander. Modern is rotating to a faster type of meta. They're going to need quicker drops that do bigger things. I'm really surprised this has gone this far. So certainly pick yourself up a playset. So I'd like to make some predictions on top of this. Um, last week I predicted that, uh, you know, pick up some fairies. Eldraine's going to have fairies. This week I'm going to make a prediction of some older cards. So there's some select revised cards in that era that are going to go up. A uh, particular one is Island Sanctuary. It used to be that 50 cent dollar rare and only used in a couple of niche decks, but people are realizing that having a two drop that builds a pillow fort strategy where people can't attack you in commander is valuable as hell. So this card now is sitting at like two, 250 range. It's it's gonna go up. I pick yourself a few play sets. I don't see it reprinted in the future. I don't, it's not on the reserve list to my knowledge, but it's definitely a fantastic card and I really believe it's going to go up. That and werewolves. I haven't really uh, talked much about werewolves, but we talked about Throne of Eldraine last week. There hasn't been a whole lot of spoilers since. But if we're going to go to a storybook set, uh, essential set, we're going to have werewolves. We're going to have you know Red Riding Hood, Goldilocks, and the Three Bears. Werewolves are going to be in there. And there's a fantastic amount of werewolf cards, uh, cards in both Innistrad sets. You know, pick up the copies you need if you're going to try to brew something for either Modern or Commander in the future. But they're going to go up. As soon as we get the leaks, something's going to hit. They're going to see the combo, and those prices are going to spike. So if I'm going to pick an investment, that's the investment to go off of. And when I say investment, not I'm going to put, you know, five grand into this. I, I like to dabble in small investments. Maybe spend 50 bucks on some cards, maybe 100 bucks, and have them to trade with my friends. That's really what I'm going after. Or just to keep on my hands for my own brews. So next piece on the list is Mark Rosewater. We're going to refer to him as Mario, or Maro, as you'll see in Reddit. He has a blog, Blogatog, and he communicates directly out with the Magic fan base. It's been going for years. It's really admirable that the head designer of R&D of Magic the Gathering takes so many comments. So keeping up with it is literally a day trickle. But some of the bigger pieces this week that I picked up on is for someone's birthday, he decided to, on the blog, give out a small spoiler for Eldraine. And he stated that fairies are not going to be in the normal colors. They're going to differentiate the set. So not going to be their typical blue or some are black. I'm a bet they're going to be red, green, white, rainbow fairies. Maybe we'll get a legendary fairy that's all five colors. We'll have the shapeshifter. That's going to happen. It's going to be like a Modern Horizons all over again. Shapeshifter fairy. That's fair. Wait, what's that chick off of X-Men? The blue chick that turns into anything? Mystique? Oh, gosh, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, my God. Can yes. we get Jennifer Lawrence yeah. on a fairy, please? That's on a card. Dope, though. Come on, work with me. Oh, she's just a shapeshifter, though, It's too. my fantasy, right? I don't have Tinkerbell tattooed on my rear, I swear. <laughs> so the other piece that Mark Rosewater um, has been talking about is there's been a whole lot of conversation about fetchlands, especially now with Modern Horizons seeing the basic fetchland of any type of basic come out. So in Modern, if you've played any game and anybody's using any fetchlands, 
they're fetching every turn, so they have to sit there and be a shuffle master. And it's it's annoying, but it's part of the format. So one of the posts was someone asking Mark Rosewater, hey, is there going to be some way we can do mana fixing without having to deal with an immense amount of shuffles in the future? And he said, it's not if, it's when. So, again, stating that there will be fetch land alternatives without shuffling in the future. I don't know how far it is. Clearly, if he says when... He may have an idea coming up in mind or something already done in maybe the next couple sets. So something to look forward to. So this weekend is Minneapolis Magic Fest, normally Grand Prix. And I've been trying to find coverage. We didn't, were unable to go down this weekend. I know we live in Minnesota. It's shameful. We didn't hit it up. A lot of our friends did, but uh, I didn't have a vacation to pre-plan. And the podcast was starting, so my viewers were my priority, frankly. But uh, trying to find coverage, and there is little to no coverage out there. Channel Fireball is the one trying to quote-unquote cover the event, but they didn't even have win match lists. I couldn't find any data. There's definitely no live streams of the event happening down there, and that's a big disappointment. You know, we used to have fantastic streams, great casting, and it was getting to a really nice point where you could see the hands, the board, the strategies, and the commentary with Cedric. It was, it was a great GP coverage, now Magic Fest. Ever since Arena came out, we have a great digital format. We've needed a great digital format for a long time, but they basically forgot coverage of cardboard. I want coverage of cardboard. This is how I keep up to date. This is what inspires me to try new things in modern and see what is actually happening in tiered wild. And we're getting it on Twitch for Arena, but that completely cuts out the older formats. You know, bring it back. Maybe if they haven't uh, addressed something, maybe we can see if we can do our own, you know, micro coverage down there, at least to have something to talk about. Because all the information I have is the three undefeated decks, Burn, Control, and Humans. I've, I don't know the scores. I don't know. I know they're not defeated. I don't know what else was brought there, how many people sh- showed up. We'll get more information after the fact. But it is Sunday at almost 8 o'clock, and it's pretty hard to find information right now. So uh, there's my soapbox for the week. But what other fests are coming up, Fleece? Do we got some uh, some locations? Yeah, it's uh, definitely disappointing about the Minneapolis Magic Fest. I hope it comes out about that. Uh, but the one thing that is coming up soon, uh, from the 16th to the 18th, is Magic Fest in Birmingham. I wonder how the coverage is going to be on that. Followed by, from the 22nd to the 25th, Magic Fest in Las Vegas. And that about covers it for August, dipping into September from the 6th to the 8th. There's uh, Magic Fest in Indianapolis. So if they don't have live coverage for Vegas, I think there's no hope, right? If we can have... uh... Right, if they can't even get Las Vegas covered, then what are they going to do? That's got to be one of you know, the biggest ones you'd think of of the three listed here. You know, if I can pay, you know, 90 bucks to go see people jumping from hoops, you'd think I'd be able to watch a nerd talk about people flipping through cards. Uh, that's that's all I'm saying. We'll, we'll get there. Puts it in perspective. We'll get there. Right. But uh, moment of silence for uh, lost coverage. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, I'll get a tissue. All right. Next piece. So... In the, this aggregate source of MTG, I always like to talk about what's happening for rotation in the formats. So standard right now, again, is dominated by Manscape Shift. Last week's episode, we went in a little more detail. I didn't catch that Scape Shift is from M20, and M20 is rotating out this fall. 
I didn't catch that. So I said, I don't know what they're going to do about Bandscape Shift. It's just a powerhouse of a deck. But it's coming up out of rotation in just a couple months. So right. they're not going to touch it. I mean, I thought that there's no way they can could not ban it. But if it's so close, they're going to let it sit. The deck's not going to be out very long. So we really need to focus on what's going to happen after. And, of course, the new Throne of Eldraine set is going to tell us what's going to happen in the standard. But until then, we're seeing that vampires are definitely building some prominence. They're trying to... They can't out-zoo Bandscape Shift, but they can certainly lifelink, outlast them a bit. So it certainly has the, has the hope. And it's essentially black-white weenies, as Magic players call them for years. It has a lot of great kit from Exelon still, so... Definitely, I'd say number two on the charts. Nothing can beat Bandscape Shift at the moment, but if you're looking to get into a place standard to try to, you know, beat your friends, that's definitely a deck that has some real control and hope. In modern, besides Hogak, we talked about that last week. Hogak's not leaving, guys. Mark Rosewater came out this week and even said that, uh, guys, we made a mistake. Black Green is a little bit of a power spike. But Jund's back. Jund is back in full power. And, of course, it costs about 2 k already. They brought in Renin 6, which is a ridiculous price. I think it's, what, 80 90 bucks right now? Something like that the last time I checked. So, for those that don't know, Renin 6 came out in Modern Horizons. It's a two-drop Planeswalker. And its uptick ability returns lands from the graveyard back into play. What? A Planeswalker, plus it does its second ability, does one damage to any target you want. It's a power card. I don't know about it being broken but it's definitely seeing a home in Jund. So if you're an old Jund player, dust it off, you know, empty your wallet because it is the one of the most expensive decks in the format. So just as a palette cleanser, I, I like to bring up budget decks. So one of the funnest ones that I saw really rotate out this last week and a half is Freed Abundance. It's using the new Leyline of Abundance. Leyline of Abundance is two colorless, two green enchantment. If Leyline of Abundance is in your opening hand, you may begin with it out in the battlefield. The ability is, whenever you tap a creature for mana, get an additional green mana. Then it has an extra ability, pay six, no, excuse me, six colorless, two green, put a 1-1 counter on each creature you control. So this is a new budget turn to win, thanks to M20 that came out. So what they're doing is they're using cards like Birds of Paradise with Layload of Abundance out, and the second turn, tapping for infinite mana using the Freed from the Real. It's a three-drop enchantment aura. It has the ability to pay one blue, untap enchanted creature. So you put on the Birds of Paradise, and... You untap, tap, untap, tap, and you have infinite mana. So with infinite mana, you can put infinite counters, and then you can just simply swing in with your, you know, 100, 100 Birds of Paradise and win the game. So this deck is ticking about that sweet $110 mark. Budget decks, quote-unquote budget decks, try to be at the $100 mark, so it's right there. Certainly pick up your copies right when they're they're cheap. I believe each copy is about 2 bucks for the Leyland of Abundance. So check it out. It is on mtggoldfish.com. You can find a lot of your decks. I use uh, this tool to see what's in the meta. They give real results. Not just results of what's out there, but actually what's proven wins in a lot of these tournament situations. So they have data backing the decks, showing you what's hot right now. I was on Reddit. I found these sweet basic cards. Now, there's a lot of altar cards I see on Reddit and other places. And, you know, a lot of people love doing artworks or modifications to different cards. 
some people don't necessarily like that. They're collectors or hard players. But I saw these basic lands, and I always think that basic lands are a wonderful canvas because essentially they're pennies. They're not an expensive card to you know, test your skills on. And just using elemental themes of, you know, such as like forests, mountains, swamps, give a lot of creative uh, vigor into the customary artwork. But this is real fun. Right on Reddit, they're actually making land terrariums. Essentially, they're taking the card flat. They're putting like small fake plants on it. So like a forest is built up like tiny little trees, plains that have like a little grass plain mat across it. And they're building these up, and I really want these things to catch on. Definitely check them out. Um, today is Sunday the 11th. It should be on Reddit for the next week on the top spot. So I use Magic TCG Reddit, uh, subreddit page. It's it's a fantastic modification. Looks easy enough to do. It, uh, but, but takes a lot of talent to craft these well. It really took me back, and I think it's just a, a good find to go look up. Now for our next segment, Commander 2019. We're having a lot of fun with our new equipment. We got a new soundboard in. Felice sounds delicious now. And we have extra mics for guests. So and we got to play with that reverb. We got to play with that reverb. There's a lot of other effects, but uh, we're going to keep it low key. Keep, uh, keep our audio. Yeah, we'll get into them. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, get into them. Someday. The keyboard's still there, so you may hear it by the end of the podcast. Don't worry for those who are fretting. But let's jump right in to the four decks. We have Populate, Madness, Flashback, and... Commander 2019. Morph. Morph, please. Morph. The only deck that matters. So what's your favorite, Dave? Um, Personally, I have to go with the Populate deck. And that's why you're a greasy skid. I mean, it's, it's only fair that I get to have all the tokens come in. And smash you in the face. I swear to God. We, we, we talked about how much I hate Bandscape Shift. And now you have to tell me that you need an army of, you know, token dorks. One ones, not two twos, okay? Mom, wipe me. God, you sound a little bit salty, don't you? Just a little. He just plays Celestia so much, he won't leave me alone. <laughs> I get focused. Can't the mill player just empty a deck? Gosh. <laughs> No, but getting into the deck lists. (laughs) So your favorite card there, Gured, the Conclave, is a five-cost commander, two colorless, red, green, and white. When it enters the battlefield, create a 4-4 rhino creature token with trample. When this commander attacks, populate, the token enters the battlefield tapped and attacking. So not only do you get to populate... Not only do you get to create a token off of it, so you don't have to worry about where the populates off, but you also get to do it while it's already shoved in my face. Yeah. Do I you get... understand why I'm salty, Fleece? Can't say that I do, but you sure look salty. <laughs> Anyways, next card. we The Madness Commander we talked about a little bit last week. We called it Angie. You know, we didn't really put two and three together. Falcon Wrath, the whole vampire theme, it, it seems a bit Russian, so it's Anya. We did look it up, but Angie some, sounds better. So uh, let us know on my Twitter if uh, Angie it sounds better to you. But uh, I know I'm going to keep calling it the Angie's List. I don't know about this new pronunciation, Onion, or whatever they're calling her now. He has his majors in uh, producing, not... Uh, uh, 
not pronunciation. Yeah. So the best commander, and uh, fight me on this one, is Kadena, Sinking Sorcerer. Four cost commander, one colorless, black, green, and blue. The first face down creature spell you cast each turn costs three less, so you get to morph it for free. Whenever a face down creature enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. So you get to cast a morph for free, and it's gas. Plus, it's a 3 3. So it's more t- uh, power than any other you know, face card commander. When I say face card, it's the card on the package. It's the introductory commander. There's other legendary creatures you can hot swap as commanders when you get it for your pre-release kit when you get this box but that is the best face card unarguably i'm sorry but i love my populate deck so i have to disagree well that what makes you a makes you a greasy skid so what about the next commander dave the next the next one is uh called savine the chronoclasm so it's a 2-2 human wizard for two generic a blue a red and a white it says, prevent all damage that would be dealt to Savine the Chronoclasm. And then whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell from your graveyard each turn, you copy that spell. And then you may choose new targets for the copy. So as powerful as this is, it's not my opinion of a best commander for the deck. I think that if you're playing this deck, you should really go with the other option in the deck. Elsha the, of the Infinite is five cost. It's the same essential colors of the other one, blue, red, white, and two colorless. It has prowess. You may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may cast the top card of your library if it's a non-creature, non-land card. You may cast it as though it had flash. So there's a lot of infinite combos with this. One of our favorites, I think you have it pulled up, Dave. What is it? Yeah, it's uh, Elsha with Sensei's Divining Top and then Ethereum Sculptor. So, those that don't know those cards, Sensei's Divining Top is a one-cost artifact that you can tap and put back on top of your library and draw and draw the card below it. So, essentially, you can just cycle it if you have something that makes artifacts all cost one less. So, the Ethereum Sculptor makes all artifacts cost one less, so you can just cast it, draw it, cast it, draw it, and cause the power triggers to go infinite, and then you can swing in for lethal. There's a lot of other ways you can cast it and use artifact loops for other infinite combos such as such as Aether Reservoir from Kaladesh. Whenever you cast a artifact card, gain one life, spend fifty life to do fifty direct damage to their face. So there's plenty of infinite loops you can do with this, but in the box, even as is, flashback with the prowess makes this a really scary commander out of the box. So the next card that we're gonna talk about is Atla Polani Nest Tender. It's a 2-3 human shaman for one of any color, uh, a red, a green, and a white. She says you can pay two of any color and tap her to create a 0-1 green egg creature token with Defender. And that whenever an egg you control dies, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Then put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Which I really like her because I have another infinite combo with her. Well, semi-infinite, depending on how many cards you have in your library. It uses Thornbite Staff, which a cryptic creature has pay two, tap the creature, deal one damage to a target creature or player. When it's put into a graveyard, untap it, so it just repeats. Correct. So, again, tap a creature, 
kill an egg, untap, tap a creature, kill an egg. And then you use Ashenod's Altar to create mana to create an infinite egg-cracking combo so you can tear it out, tutor out your entire deck. Yes. I feel like we just uh, found Scramble Eggs the deck. Yeah. Yeah, that's just breakfast, though. <laughs> so besides breakfast, we want to get to our rest of the full meal here. The other pieces, so we talked about last week, Gerard Weatherlight Hero, which, again, when it dies, and return anything else that died with it back to the battlefield this turn, we have the other piece of history, which is Grevin, Predator Captain, which, in the lore, he was the captain of the Predator ship. So we have the captain of the Weatherlight and the captain of the Predator ship, and they have these great, almost like stained glass artwork behind them. So great homage to what Magic did in the past. And again, this one is five drop, three colorless, black, red, menace, five, five creature. When the captain, the captain gets X plus zero, where X is the amount of life uh, you've lost this turn. When Grevin attacks, you may sacrifice another creature. If you do, draw cards equal to the creature's power. You lose life equal to that creature's toughness. So, essentially, fill the deck with a bunch of high-power, low-toughness creatures, and you can really take advantage of this as a commander. In the deck, there's uh, quite a few of those, but not really enough to hot-swap to your commander. But again, it's a powerhouse of a card, and love the flavor they did for the old uh, Weatherlight Saga story. Rayami, First of the Fallen, is a 5-4 vampire for one of any color, a black, a green, and a blue. It also says if a non-token creature would die, exile that card with a blood counter on it instead. As long as an exiled creature card with a blood counter on it has flying, Rayami, First of the Fallen, has flying. The same is true for First Strike, Double Strike, Death Touch, Haste, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Menace, Protection, Reach, Trample, and Vigilance. So fill your deck with a lot of creatures with select keywords. Put Blood Carnos on them and exile them and have this be a... I don't know, how you, how can you interact with that? It, it's like a Voltron commander that has to kill the things. Yeah. It's really unique. I think it's a really interesting way of playing. Normally we see what we call like Voltron commanders as one creature that gets a bunch of attachments almost like we call them pants. This is no pants. He actually has to kill them, and he gets their abilities. So very flavorful for a vampire. Right, and he doesn't even have to kill them. You could target them with removal or a board wipe, and he'll still get all those keyword abilities. Right, this is where a place where the Ashenaz altar would come in to, keep, uh, to play big time. Sack it, get the mana, have the blood counter on it, get the ability. You're winning all over the place. One of the favorites on the list is, again, the egg one was really my favorite, but this wall, Premacon, Sky Rampart, it's three drop, one five wall creature. It's blue, red, white, so the America. Legendary creature, wall, flying defender. As it enters the battlefield, choose left or right. Each player may attack only the nearest opponent to the chosen direction. Planeswalkers control... And Planeswalkers controlled by that opponent. So you get to pick, you know, your left or right wing choices, and it's the America Wall. Very interesting uh, card. P 
people have been making the Donald Trump wall deck for a long time, and they have the dinosaur, not dinosaur, the elder dragon that allows them to swing walls and use their toughness as their power. So this is just another way of having fun with uh, the meme, so to speak. I don't know if Magic did this on purpose, but it's definitely being called the, the, the Patriot Wall. The next card I want to talk about is uh, Commander's Insignia. It's two white and a white for an enchantment. That creatures you control get plus one, plus one for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. Which, you know, if, if you pair that with a low CMC or converted mana cost commander, that could get pretty high with, uh, I, th I think the creature's name is Izamaru. Yep, Izamaru is a one-drop 2-2 two -two legendary hound. It has no abilities, but we have a player, shout out to Andy, Andy decides when he's starting to get into magic for the first time that he wants to do some theme deck, right? So he loves to go to our local fair. He has his own farm animals, and he's been trying to do different themes of goats. There's a lot of great horses that he's been collecting, elk, but uh, he also has a lot of hounds. And we were trying to, at the time, this was years ago, teach Andy you know, a lot of powers you can do in Commander. And... We bought him, at the time it was like $20, we got our money together, bought him, Ishimaru, and essentially made the pants combo. So he plays the one drop, attaches equipment, attaches Aras, and swings in for a giant creature that he only paid one mana for. This would be fantastic if you had more than just like a low cost commander, but more than just Voltron, so more than one creature benefits. Right. So like you could also take this into like a token strategy. Like, don't say it. The populate. Oh God, why? Stop it, David. It's never gonna work for you. But I, I don't know. Like, I feel like this is a really good card to put in those kind of strategies. You can tell I brought a Selesnya player on board. All right, let's talk about reprints for a minute. So in these decks. There is a lot. Uh, there's a handful of new cards, but there's also a bunch of reprints. Some of them are actually value. We've had uh, issues in the past with these commander decks going lower in power, but this has actually got some powerhouse reprints. So to shit on Dave's combo, since he loves to populate and be a dick and decide to throw all those terrible tokens in your face, in Garuk's Wake is one of my favorite reprints. It's nine drop, but destroy all creatures you don't control and all planeswalkers. Fantastic card. Dave can go suck on a Tootsie Pop. All right. Well, if you're so fed up with my populate shenanigans, I'll, I'll have to raise the ante with Mimic Vat. So this is a reprint. I don't remember what set it came out of, but it's a three-cost artifact with imprint. Whenever a non-token creature dies, you may exile that card. If you do return... Each other card exiled with Mimic Vat to its owner's graveyard. But then you can pay three and tap it to create a token that's a copy of a card exiled with Mimic Vat. It gains haste and exile it at the beginning of the next end step. 
a lot of old players are fond of these types of cards. They actually come out of Scars of Mirrodin. The imprint mechanic was broken in a lot of different uh, cards. So it's nice to see a lot of these come back in Commander, because we understand they probably aren't going to get reprinted again for Modern. And Mimic Vat, it's not a powerhouse in Modern. It's really built for Commander. So it's nice to see those uh, old reprints coming back out. Other reprints, like... The biggest powerhouse, I, I gotta say the best reprint, Seedborn Muse. It's a very expensive card, and it's 5 mana, 2-4 spirit, untap all permanents you control during each other player's end taps, untap step. You're gonna need that for morph. You're gonna need all the mana you can to flip those cards on other people's turns. So this was key. I don't think they wanted to put such a powerhouse card in the set, but it fits with morph so well they really can't help themselves. Right, right. So, like, from what I understand, the only other good morph commander is Animar, which is Temur-colored. It's a blue, green, and a red. And whenever you cast a creature spell, it gets a plus one, plus one counter on it, and then each creature spell you cast costs one colorless less for each counter on it. So with morphs, you could just... Dump your entire hand if you had three counters on him. Which some people are arguing that Animar is better than Kadena. Which I, I'm i not going to get into that kind of conflict here. But I, I think they each have their own special place in the morph community. I think the power level of it is that it has pro black and white, which really steps it out from removal. You have the exile pieces, such as Path to Exile. You have the hard black removal spells. It's I think that's what really sets it apart. It's not necessarily that it's better for morph. It works well with morph. It just has that competitive edge. Anything that has protection from anything definitely can abuse somehow, especially the two colors that remove cards the heaviest. Right. So going aside from some preprints, I think the one most unique card is Aeon Engine. Five cost artifact, enters the battlefield tapped. Exile it, reverse the game's turn order. Magic the Gathering finally has reverse from Uno. Right. So there's some weird, like, high effort loops that you, what you can do is try to get it out of exile with Karn somehow. And then what you do is, if you're playing a four-man pod, you pick one person and then just reverse the order right before that one person's turn starts so you don't let them play magic at all. But that's how you get people, th you know, flipping the table and not really making friends with you. But overall, I can't really think of a way. It's kind of like a virtual how you would use it. It's like you wait for your turn to be over and then you get your turn back again. So it's getting like a virtual extra turn for five mana. I don't know how that would be terribly good especially because it exiles itself it could be used later i'd rather just have some other five drop artifact to either help me ramp i really don't see this being a core piece of uh, a lot of other combos just because it exiles itself but i may be wrong i'm just not seeing the hype on this card other than it's basically an uncard in a legal commander set it's a good giggle right but see i have a three card combo not not really a combo but more synergy than anything uh -oh. to do with this. You mad, bro. So we've got Aeon Engine, right? It's it's the five-cost artifact. Five-cost. That uh, we, we already explained it, so I'm not going to go over it again. Right. So And then we've got Mechanized Production from Aether Revolt. It's a mythic for two of any color, two blue. It's an enchantment aura that you enchant artifact you control. 
So at the beginning of your upkeep, you make a copy that's a token of it. Um, and then if you have, or if you control eight or more artifacts with the same name as one, one another, you win the game. Right. So you but, want to copy Aeon Engine and just reverse the turn order in your favor, making more copies until you loop? Yeah. See, this is this is why Timmy 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 Brews don't uh, make it on but, Goldfish. But wait, wait. There's there's one more card. All right. Oh God. But wait. There's so, more. But wait. There's more. The last card out of this three three card synergy is Amulet of Vigor. So it's one of any color artifact that whenever a permanent enters the battlefield tapped under your control, untap it. So you can at the beginning of beginning of your upkeep, if you really wanted to, you could reverse the turn or the next person in line for turn you just do it at the beginning of their upkeep and then after their turn it comes back to you this is this is the fun of magic when a new set drops or new box set releases they're gonna see these cards and you're just gonna like what could i do it's not what's good it's what type of fun could i have and that is the pure spirit of magic the gathering good or not that's the fun of it. That's why when you see, like I mentioned last week when we talked about Madness deck, we had the card one with nothing. It's a card that's been tried to been brewed for a long time. One black instant speed spell, dump your hand. They've been trying to figure out how to use that in a fun combo for years. And it hasn't been really played anywhere competitively. Instead, they've used it on how to empty your hand concede the game with no deck, no creatures in play, and no hand. So, again, a fun Timmy combo, but this, as fun as it could be, it really, I don't think it's going to be competitive, but that's magic. That's magic in its fullest, looking at a card, good or bad, and finding a fun way to have fun with your friends. I'd like to take a minute just to talk about the decks overall and give some help and strategies when you're going to pre-release these decks are not board wipe heavy, so don't be afraid of really trying to ramp big creatures out, or if you're doing populate like Dave, because he's bad. And again, fill a board. I sound a little one. salty there. Just fill a board, have fun, and if there's if there's a, a big threat on the board, these decks have an immense amount of removal. So it'll be fun traditional magic without a whole lot of board wipe threat. There's a lot of ramp pieces, and the commanders are real themed so upgrades can be easier a lot of the morph cards have went up in price but there's still a lot of flashback cards madness cards are still in common that are very very cheap so these are fantastic ways to get into commander for the first time if you've never played we really recommend it get out to your pre-release and see if you can win all four boxes all right fleece and dave i think that brings us to the end of the podcast dave do you have anything to tell our viewers plug maybe something on their drive home or where they're sitting at work listening if you guys want me to come back, just leave a comment, and hopefully I can come back. I mean, dependent that we didn't, uh, you know, put him in the back 40 for playing uh, Populate deck. That's fair. It's not your fault, man. We don't pick on people with disabilities. Whoa. Oh! <laughs> I mean, at least I don't play Mills, so. Oh, oh now oh. we got some fire oh. back. It's heating up in oh. here. Oh. Can we get the window open, That's please? That's it. Dave's not coming back. He's coming back for a rematch. That's how this is going down. Yeah. Also, Dave's sh- back with a vengeance. <laughs> also, shout out to those that work. We realize that the uh, podcast is uh, done in a lot of different places. So be safe. Don't get in trouble. And challenge is to share this with a friend. You know, one of your tight homies that uh, you go to Magic the Gathering pre-release with. Someone that you like is close and uh, enjoys a good uh, 
you know, negate joke every now and again. So <laughs> that's your challenge for the week, guys. Thanks again. And Fleece, we had 10 viewers message us saying you had to play a keyboard riff. And oh. that, that little thing you did last week oh, man. was not near enough. So as we, you know, hit the, to the outro, please grace us with off. your pianist. What? No, piano. piano. Excuse me. Oh, all right. Ooh. We're going to feel it here. Feel it. It's really picking up pace. It's uh, for Dave's funeral. <laughs> Once he gets milled out. In memorial. What is this? A piano. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the outro. Uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, oh, no. Seriously, Follow guys. and subscribe. Or is it just follow? I, you know what? <laughs> Subscribe, follow, like, share. It's it's oh my! It's on Spotify. It's already on Stitcher. We have the RSS feed on the website. Thisweekinmgd.com. That's us. Please share with your friends. Share it up. Outro done. <laughs>